Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arseholics. Thank you as always for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, we'd really appreciate you hitting the thumbs up button if you enjoy the episode and please subscribe and share the podcast, share the vodcast with any other Arsenal fans that you think would enjoy listening to us. Um, so how's it going, boys? Are we well? Oh. <laughs> what a day. <laughs> Just really annoyed. And not in a good way. I kind of have a, I've got this kind of soft spot for Fulham because their training grounds on my road. Like I'm just literally on my road. Um, but I might go and like throw some shit in there tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably going down anyway, mate. They're, yeah. <laughs> but, um, okay. Yeah. So disappointing result today. Again, uh, one, one draw with Fulham <laughs> just about <laughs> on the verge of losing one nil. So managing to scrape a, scrape a draw at home to Fulham. Um, uh, I mean, rather than going into specific incidents into the game, boys, what do you think of the performance today? How do you think it went? Obviously, it wasn't a good performance, but, you know, we're keen to understand what you guys thought of it in general. I think for me, what sums it up is Arsenal just give you so much false confidence about this team. Um and I think all of us, I think all of us predicted wins in the last podcast, right? And I remember the, the time before, I think, I'm not sure if it, was, if it was against Sheffield United, none of us predicted a win. Um, and we're just so, um, so unorganized and so unpredictable in terms of what you're going to get. Um, and, you know, some days we win 3-0, some days, like, we're just as likely to lose 3-0. And today was, you know, we almost lost and... Sometimes it's just beyond analysis. Sometimes like, in terms yeah. of what is actually going wrong, I don't know where to start. <laughs> when yeah, I think the same. When when I went to bed that day, actually, I thought, I thought, yeah, we made a mistake. I think recording, you know, recording straight after a win, we were obviously all very, uh, very optimistic about Arsenal. I think we all went for the win, as you said. But then when I thought about it, I said, mm, I think I made the wrong position there because. Why do you think that? What why, what made you? Because after, well, why I thought, why after that, you know, as we recorded, we all said we'd win. Yeah. What made you change your mind, like after that? Because obviously, like, I'd never in a million years thought that we wouldn't beat Fulham. Like, so what? What yeah. made you change your mind? Because I thought after, obviously, when the dust settled after that win, I thought, okay, it's gonna be another, you know, European hangover. You know, we all, you know, go out, do well, uh, and then come back here and just start slow. Well, we didn't start slow, but you know, start slow and end up just like messing the game up somehow and it's just the lack of consistency um and yeah i think the the result backed that to an extent yeah, but mm. european european hangover like rotated team or not it's fulham at home mm. like, but our record's not um, good there i think now it's what you know, seven no, no to be fair we didn't lose today but I think before today six out of the 11 games after europe we we lost so we just yeah yeah but then against fulham good. we haven't lost to them for like I don't think Fulham have ever lost to Fulham at home or something like that. Yeah. um, And like, you can, fair enough, it's like, it's one of those games where like we create a few chances and we just miss them all and, you know, we tend to dominate. But there were large parts of that game where we weren't even competing. We weren't, we were just passing it around. It was the same shades of the old early season Arsenal where we were just so ineffective. Mm. Um, And like, I'm sure we'll talk about the penalty and the goal, but yeah, these things can happen and we just, it seems to happen to us so often. This isn't the only game where 
we think, oh, like, why why have we lost this game? How have we lost this game? Like Burnley at home, Aston Villa at home. Um, so many home games as well where it's just like, come on, these are games that should be bread and butter for a top-level Premier League team or supposedly top-level top Premier League team who, you know, we just turn up, play our football, assert ourselves on the game and win. But is that, is that not... We do not... Yeah. Is that an, isn't that an indication of the level of this team and the players that we have? That one week they can they can turn it on, and they can look like they could be, you know, the bigger sides in Europe or in the Europa League, bigger sides in the country. Um, maybe even string a couple of results together, and then they turn up like they did today. And it was very, I think the word I used when we spoke earlier was turgid. Like it was just a bit. Build-up play was quite slow. You know, it wasn't really going anywhere. Just, again, kind of lack of a cutting edge, which we've seen a lot, right? So isn't that just an indication of as opposed to, like, are we expecting, we should be expecting more as Arsenal fans, but do you think from this particular team, this group of players, we're just expecting more than we're going to get? You know, it's just the inconsistency because they're just not able to do it. You know, they always, you say, what you hear people say, you know, a world-class player is a player that does it week in, week out, consistently for a number of years and we have probably very few of those types of players if any you could argue I mean I don't know um that's a debate really isn't it but if you look through the majority of the team that started today or players that started today um you can kind of identify maybe why that's happening Aaron and what you pointed out yeah no I agree I think you're right so like you said Mike, a world-class player is someone who Maybe it doesn't give you a 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10 every week, but at worst, they drop you a 7 out of 10, right? The problem with our players is, you know, one day you get a 9 out of 10, the next day you get a 2 out of 10, and then you, the next day you might get another 9 out of 10, but then they completely disappear, and the next week they give you another 2. They're just so inconsistent. It must but, be so frustrating for the manager because they're good players, right? We all know they're good players. What do we? What, what makes you say that, that? How do we? How do we know they're good players? Let me just challenge you on that. What makes you think that you know they're good players? When I say they're good players, we've seen them. When it comes together, we've seen how good it can be. You saw it on Thursday. We've seen it in the first half against Wolves. We've seen it in bits throughout the season. Um, surely any team can. There is West Ham. West Ham have had loads of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Surely any team can say that. Like there are teams in the bottom half the, of the league. That have of, yeah. Moments they have, they have part. You know, periods of games they have games. They mm. where they look really good. Some of their players score spectacular goals. Like they put spectacular moves together. I, I don't know. I think for for me, what, what's clear now, and maybe this is the point, right? It, for me, maybe it's hit now. Is that previously throughout the season, there's lots of games where we reflected on and we said, okay, a bit unlucky here, a bit unlucky there. And then it happens again. We're a bit unlucky with this. Oh, that guy's a bit tired. That guy's like not sharp. We do that. And we give reasons for all of them. And then now at this mm -hmm. point, when you go, hang on a minute, hang on, hang on, hang on. It keeps happening, right? Mm -hmm. So is it just the level? Is this the level, right, mm -hmm. that this team is at this moment? Yeah, we're going to have some times where we're going to have some moments of quality because most Premier League quality players can do that. But at the end of the day, like, I know you've always got to apply context, but the fact is we are what 10th and it is the middle of April mm. and these players have not put a period together where they've actually looked really good. Even the last two games we, we've been quality have been against what Sheffield United and like Prague are rubbish, man. Like mm. they, they, they are full, are full of any better than Prague. Probably. 
I think I think I probably how many of the Prague players do you think could play Premier League football? If they if they could, they probably would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah fair enough. But I mean, I it's still Prague, and they they still gave Leicester a game. They still gave Rangers a game. So I I don't think it's about the level of opposition with this team. Like this is a team that on paper, when you look at them as individuals, are more than capable of beating most teams in this league, in my opinion. And that's what the, where the frustration is. Is This isn't a team of players who are like the 10th highest paid and 10th on ability. This is a team that is on its day up there, in my opinion, with the top four in this league. But they just cannot consistently perform, not just throughout the season, but throughout this one game itself at a consistent level. It's just so up and down. And it feels like with Arsenal... Frustrating. It feels like we, like... It's not even like so you can have like world class players in your team who can have an off day, but other teams who've had big players who have a bad day then usually have the rest of the team filling in and you know getting them over the line. But it feels like with Arsenal, it's sort of all of them will play rubbish and we lose, or they all play awesome, which is really I don't, which is that's the confusing bit. It's not even like this game three played well and we've won. Next game the other three played well and we won. It's always all play good and we can beat anyone on those days as like you know we won the FA Cup final and we can and you know and that's why with Europe we do have a chance because on those days the three more games if we all turn of all 11 turn up then yeah we can win but it just feels like yeah either all, all of them turn up or none of them turn up I mean that's what you know, I understand yeah I, mean, I was just going to say because Aaron you mentioned about like what, what, well we kind of both did about world-class players and you know it's always a seven out of ten minimum and this team you get nine out of tens and then next week you get two out of tens. But today, did anyone put in a... No one put in an eight or nine out of ten. Did anyone put in a two out of ten? No one. I, I don't think anyone had a particularly bad game. There was no, like, awful performance. Okay, you could argue the Gabriel penalty maybe brings his rating down if you're rating the players. But I don't think anyone had a particularly bad game where they, where we were thinking... Maybe El Nenny in the first half was a bit... You know, there's a few criticisms you can make but, of him. It's like everyone was around the probably four or five... Or maybe yeah, not four, you know, but five, that's six, the point five. though, right? All of them were around four or five, not one person then... Yeah. So then, so isn't that, so, so I guess it comes, kind of comes onto a different point that I'm trying to make is that when you have those games where the majority of the team are performing at a pretty kind of average or low level, better teams sometimes have one or two world-class players that then can make the difference. And obviously we're missing a couple of our biggest players at the moment, Erdegaard, um, Aubameyang, obviously. So maybe Aubameyang is a kind of player that, you know, gets us a goal, gets us a win out of almost nothing, which he's done in the past. Um, maybe not so much this season, but I guess that's, that's the point I'm trying to make, you know, like, even though we have this kind of quite or well, very inconsistent group of players who seems to put in these five out of 10 performances quite a lot, when Aubameyang was on form, you know, he was getting us wins out of nothing, basically. He's probably one of our only world-class players or on his day, he's one of our, one of our only world-class players. Yeah. Yeah, I think the problem is that our world-class, a close to world-class player is Saka. And Saka's mm-hmm. 19. And with any 19-year-old, it's normal for them to drop like these odd two or three. I'm not saying Saka was that bad. He was probably still one of our better players, hmm. but he's not going to be able to, at the age of 19, just bail us out every week. I think it's not even about, I think again with him, I worry about us even using the statement, you know, world-class or even close to world-class. Like I don't think he's close to world-class like at the moment. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, but he's a, the player that's most capable of, doing something special I think 
in this current team. Perhaps that's more of a that's more of an insult to to not an insult, but I think that's just quite damning on the rest of the squad, right? I, it's not a position you should be in. Like at the end of the day, these other teams above us are putting in similar similar drab performances every now and again. But as we've just you know, as you guys have said, like there are players who just step up and. We, we just don't, haven't had that this season. When it happens, it's so infrequent. Mm-hmm. It's too infrequent. Because we don't have um, that leader, do we? Like I said, like they're all, we've got a lot of youngsters like Saka Spiffer and Martinelli, all young players attacking. Is this that resilience that you need sometimes of having that other player or having that experience when times are tough, they take the game by the scruff of the neck and step up, which we don't have. It's like when, when the things are going good, they're all you know coming to play and they all play very well. But it's that mentality thing again, which is the lack of leadership where chips are against you. I'm going to go against it and step up for my team. I think my issue with this overall is that like, I can get behind the idea that this is a rebuild job. I can get behind that. And I can get behind the fact as well that we're playing, giving youngsters more minutes than any other Premier League club. And we've got some really clearly talented guys who are going to be really top. You'd hope are going to be really top players. But the fact is, the fact is, aside from that youth development, if we don't win the Europa League, this has been a rubbish season. Like, it looks like it's going to end up a rubbish season. Like, if you apply no context, my goodness, like, you know, we, we're not going to win any tro- any trophies and going to be 10th. It's going to be rubbish. So there's a, just a, hu- a huge amount of pressure on the club, you know, manager, coaches, players, you name it to deliver like next season it's just getting harder and harder and 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 the more and more you see these inconsistencies the more i worry about is that actually even realistic next season you know so um i don't know at the moment i'm really struggling to like be very positive i know it's a poor result and i know it's quite raw but like i think you said it aaron and right it's fulham at home they've lost four games in a row like it doesn't matter about hangover just find a way. Just do it. Well, do, do you think? Do you think there's an element of you know the team, not necessarily Arteta, the players are looking at of coming to this game where they're like, we're in the Europa League semi-finals, we're tenth in the league. I basically don't give a shit about this. Like, I don't. I, you know, play, when you think about players like, um, well, I was going to name Saka ESR. I know they didn't have particularly bad games today, but there's 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 not too many players that are really playing for their position or playing for their place in the team. There's a few. You think about like Martinelli, Pepe, um, maybe the right-back slot, centre-backs as well maybe. But, you know, the front four, I think we've kind of agreed who the probably the three out of the best front four are. Um, and do you think maybe that just from an attitude perspective in terms of, yeah, we're in the Europa League semi-finals now, that's the, you know, that's like the golden ticket. That's the, they're, they're the game, they're the big games. Fulham at home, not not fussed, just turning up. You know, we're tenth in the league with like six, seven games to go. Makes absolutely no difference if we win or lose today. Just no, they're just not up for it. They're just not bothered. If that's true, then that's, that's not that's, good. That's. But do you do you guys think there's an element of that? Maybe, May, maybe. Mm. Surely Arteta would be telling them otherwise, right? He'll be telling them fight for your place in that. You can as a coach, right? You tell your players that, but. Ultimately, then once they're on the pitch, it's then down to it's then down to them. And is he going to drop? You know, it, okay. Like I said, Saka and Iasar didn't have bad games today, right? But mm. even if they put in stinkers, they're still going to get picked next week because they're so key to yeah. how good we've been uh, this calendar year. Well, someone like Ceballos, or I'm looking at the team now, like Gabriel. Like Gabriel didn't play last game. Like for him, it would have been like a statement to go and say, "I want that spot back for the semi final." Mm. Um. 
and even Martinelli to an extent. He, if I was him, I would be like. To be fair, I thought Martinelli. Martinelli had, had a energy, game. Yeah, I mean, Tobias had so, an all right game as well. Yeah, yeah. At points. At but points, the point is, like these games are for Arteta's point of view. Like as you mentioned, he want he would want to keep momentum up, and I think for the players who are not guaranteed, it's time for them to. You know, if if we do get to a final, so cup finals are big game for you know in for career. Even if it's the Europa League, it's still a big game, and these players would want to cement that place in the first team. So. You know, that's what I would be telling the players if I was Arteta, try and win your spot in that semi-finals and potentially final. You'd hope so, mate. Like, I, mm. I completely... So I didn't... I, I had no issues with the fact that he rotated and partly for fitness, but partly for the reason you've just mentioned, as in, you know, get players there so they're fighting for the for the Europa League kind of opportunity, right? Like, to get in that team that eventually, if we do, let's say, fingers crossed, if we play like today, we certainly won't get through to the final, but let's just say, fingers crossed, we get to the final. You want players who are all there going, I want to play in a Euro, Euro, European final. Mm. And so they've got to take chances like this. And I'm sorry, but like... You know, I guess you guys have talked about you know some of the players today and said they've had all right games. Like it's getting to the point now where I don't think it's about whether whether they played all right or not depends on the result. Now I think, and it's like if you're a forward player, whether you're getting an assist or whether you're scoring is what matters, and whether you're a defensive player, if you have if you play well for 88 minutes or whatever, but then you do one thing stupid and it, yeah. it, it, it you concede a goal, that's that's you're not doing your job, particularly at this time of the season and. It's so unprofessional, Nero. If you, if you, if it is the case, what you know, what you're saying, in, in terms of you can't, we could mathematically be playing in the Europa League, like qualify for Europa League slot if we mm. win all these games that we've we've had and it's that we've got coming up, including today, right? That it could happen. So it's so unprofessional to not approach it that way. Mm. Like, why wouldn't you just? I, I don't know. I mean, now I'm just mm. starting to rant. Yeah, I mean, maybe. It's, it's, it's the, I was going to say, it's the, it's the nature of the defeat again, which is the most frustrating. Because um, I think... Oh. I, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like a defeat. Yeah, the draw, which is frustrating because I think until about the 60th or 70th minute, we only had like two shots on target. And it was just, again, not taking... Against Fulham team, we should be testing the keeper a lot more than that. And I remember the days before, like the olden days when, you know, we'd lose the game and that's because, you know, the opposition keeper was the man of the match and we had like loads of sh- like, you know, had like mm. 15, 20 shots on goal. They, you know, keep had a blind out. But I, I don't, we don't see those days anymore. And like, you know, losing games like that was frustrating, but at least we know that we, you know, threw the kitchen sink at the opposition and we, you know, we came short or wasn't clinical enough, but we're, not, we're nowhere near those levels at the moment. Like to get two shots on yeah. goal until the 70th minute against a flat Fulham team at home is it's shocking. It's... <laughs> For me, it's the type of performance where if this was if it was this time next season and we were where we are and we dropped that kind of performance and, you know, hopefully in front of a full house at the Emirates, <laughs> it would signal big trouble for Arteta because I think he's got just about enough grace to say this is a work in progress. These types of things we can work on and erase. But it is becoming a bit of a concern that, that some of these teams are turning up to the Emirates and you know, I know Fulham didn't get the win today, but just picking up three points. How many games have we lost at home this season? Eight or nine? Which is insane. I know, like, the pandemic and home and away doesn't mean as much this year. But if we'd lost eight or nine games at home this season, I think Arteta's next season, I think Arteta's gone. Oh, yeah. Mm. agree with that. Mm. Well, the Europa League is, I mean, the fact that we're still in the Europa League is, is holding on to that, really, isn't he? If you look at just the league, League, like you said, Raj, earlier, the league position is shocking. Tenth place is, I mean, I, I was speaking to my nephew earlier, and he's 
11, 12 years old. He's a United fan. And he was like, you know, are you, uh, how can you support Arteta? You're 10th in the league. Like, how is that acceptable for Arsenal? You know, and this is, he's not, you know, like I said, his age indicates kind of, he's not seen Arsenal at their best as well. But despite that, he knows that we're a big club. We should be challenging top four as kind of a bare minimum. And I couldn't, you know, the answer I gave him was really, well, yeah, it's a rebuild, but also the Europa League. If if we go out of the semi-finals, I said this at the quarterfinals, you know, how much pressure is he under? It's a case of if we don't at least get to the final, he's going to be judged on the league, isn't he? Uh, very much like, you know, the league position becomes uh, more of a factor in assessing how Arteta's done than than it is at the moment. I don't know if you guys agree, but I just feel like yeah, the Europa League. Yeah, he, he's just em- holding... did, but he reached a final when he came fifth, then he still got sacked the next season, right? So yeah, he, I, came, I think, he came I think fifth in a season where it's harder to finish fifth than fourth uh, with those last few games. Right? Yeah, but I think I don't know. I don't know if this Europe, the Europa run is like just you know paper over cracks at the moment. Like we win the semis, but we haven't really on paper faced a tough team yet. So we've had. I'm not saying we've had an easy run. Every game is tough, but you know, for oh, us right. not to get to where we are. We should like we should have got to where we are. It's not, yeah, it's yeah, not like be semi-final it. is like. Oh. Go on, no, go on. Mike. Yeah, no, no. Was, yeah, I was going to say I agree. Yeah, we're like kind of on par at the moment. I mean, like we were talking about how good Villarreal are, and even them, they're not like one of the best teams in La Liga. Like they're seventh in the league, and mm. pretty. I think they're pretty far off, kind of at the top four. So, um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It's probably the nature of the competition, right? Um, yeah. But this is what I'm saying. I, I, I kind of feel like final is the minimum. And obviously, if you get to the final and you lose it, it could be for a number of reasons. Like you just don't know anything could happen in a final, right? But mm-hmm. if you get to the, if we don't, if we go out the semi-finals, there's massive questions to be asked, in yeah. my opinion, because then he hasn't really got much to stand on. He's got the FA Cup, and that's about it. Like nothing's progressed in the league at all, and the table doesn't lie, right? We're like you said, Raj. We're mid-April, tenth in the league. Doesn't look like we're going to get much higher than that based on how inconsistent we've been it's it's a win then a draw then a loss and that pattern keeps repeating itself mm. so yeah should we have a quick chat about go on sorry you're gonna say something go on go on go on no i just think for me like europa league doesn't really next season europa league if we're in the europa league we might not even be in the europa league next year even if we're in the champions league right if it gets to april next season and we, we might be in the champions league semi-final for all i care if we are 10th in the league mm. next season arteta has failed because the yeah, European 100%. competition, whatever it is, it's still a cup, right? You can easily, mm. not easily, but to a certain extent, fluke your way even to a Champions League semi-final if you really need to by being okay on the night, right? Mm. But the league is like your bread and butter. It is how you really measure progress of a team. And if we had dropped this Fulham performance in um, November, I'd be like, fine, but at least let's see progress towards the end of the season. We all looked at this run saying... Come on now, we've learned our lessons. Let's go and like put a run together, beat these teams, put on good performances, and build the league's campaign next season. But right now, I have no idea. Like, I'm still very worried that we could drop these performances next season as well. Yeah, mm. <laughs> completely agree. Should we have a quick chat about the game anyway? Because um, there were a few incidents. Obviously, it wasn't the most action-packed game, but um, I mean, in terms of the first half, let's just talk about the offside goal or goals, I guess. Um, so we were talking about this in our chat, weren't we? How kind of ridiculous VARs become in terms of it's not it's not necessarily VAR. It's just the rule and how it's being applied with VAR, I guess, um, in regards to the offside. Technically, the right decision, but 
what do you guys think? Like, it was it was literally you know part of his toe that was offside, basically, right? Um, it's just a really like ainly retentive way to like apply a rule. It's just I, I get it. It's yes, you're <coughs> right. Like technically speaking, it's offside. Okay, but I mean it's half a toe of the guy who made the assist of the assist of the assist. Like that in itself is ridiculous. The other thing is that he's not using it to his advantage because he's going the other way. He's going the other direction when he's playing that ball. He's not going towards goal. So it's the opposite. He's not using it for his advantage. He's mm. like, do you know what I mean? It, it, it's not, it doesn't make sense. Like, so it's, so I understand that like, technically fine, but you, come on, logic, apply some logic, yeah, to the, to these rules. Like, it's clear that that did not provide us with an advantage. So, like, yeah, I mean, it's just a stupid rule. Yeah, not this, it wasn't the referees, it wasn't the decision, it was the, the rules, I think. Like, I think, yeah. let the rule, they, you can't blame the referee or the VAR for but getting the that VAR wrong. But, officials, but, but they, the, yeah, I don't know if they've got, I don't think they get discretion to. But they do, though, but they do apply it. They, like, they apply, there's so many games where they make decisions mm. based on logic that clearly they've not applied in a different game. Mm. Like, like, so inconsistent. But not, not for offside, though, right? Yeah, offside's black and white, mate. Like, is it not? Off. I don't like it, but yeah. VAR hasn't done anything wrong. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's the point I'm trying to make. It's not like VAR made an error. Mm. The system is completely flawed. Yeah. Where if VAR didn't exist, no official gives that as offside. Mm. Um, but, but I think actually, I, I mean, I would challenge that. I think there have been games where like there's been debatable interpretation of it still, but it offside, I mean. Because there are games, I think Liverpool, Chelsea, there was an incident yeah. where it was very debatable. I think in another one of Liverpool's recent games, I remember it being a very debatable offside decision. Like, but if it's debatable, at least I mean, it's not a clear error. Then, if it's debatable, you mean some people are saying it is, some people are saying it. Yeah, mm. surely it's supposed. I think I thought you know, in theory, yeah. offside should be offside, right? Yeah. There is a rule; you apply the rule. Like it shouldn't even be debatable. I mean, like yeah. it's just but in this side. If it's the other way around. And we can see his foot off, like foot offside. We would have been like it's definitely offside, right? Well, I would have been. What's annoying is the timing, like where they kind of the frame that they pick, the frames that they use. That's what, yeah, is really weird. Hmm. Hmm. This is what I was saying, right? Because you, how do you? And I think Adam Smith pointed out in the commentary. How do you judge exactly when the player who's passing the ball? How do you judge exactly when the point of him? How do you judge that point? Is it when he makes contact with the ball? Is it when the ball leaves his foot? Is it like that, yeah. that that fraction of a second or however long it takes to make a pass, yeah. depending on where you put, you know, yeah, you stop the frame, it can make all the difference because we're literally talking like centimetres. So, it's, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with what you guys are saying. It's just a bit... Yeah, they should bring back the clear and... Is it the clear daylight rule? I think that's that's the easiest way around. I don't remember that ever being a thing. Like, was that like before... Was that while we would be watching football? something? It was ages Definitely ago, like at least growing 10 up. years ago. Yeah, at least, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Where there's a clear daylight between the defender and the striker, and then that's offside. So it's not none of this is, you know, his toe is offside or his, you know, nose is offside. It's actually yeah. clear. I think my biggest annoyance with the offsides for VAR is offsides never really been designed for like these, like you said, with the, the framing of the where you take the shot, right? Like it's not designed for these like pixel or millimeter based decisions no one ever asked for like mm. 
when a player's toe is offside, that it's offside. <laughs> yeah, we might look at it in Sky Sports analysis and say, and you zoom in, right? But no one's been like, that's outrageous. We weren't going at home after games saying, how did the referee give that, right? Mm. It was a blatant, True. obvious offsides where you could you could see it from the stands that that player was offside. And the referee, because they're only humans, might have missed it once a game, for example. Um and it was obvious to stick a camera on it, rewind it again, and you can see that the player's offside, give it offside. If it's not, then, you know, and I, I know it's hard to define like where the procedure is and where the standards are and where you draw the line, literally, but it's, there has to be some common sense applied to this. Otherwise, it's going to kill all the excitement of the game. It has to be subjective, though, because common sense to one official will be different to common sense from another official. So to keep it consistent, that's why it can't be just that, that's, up to interpretation because then that's, that opens up a whole new can of worms. That's why it has to be black and white. Yeah. I understand. I get it. It's hard to draw a rule, but whatever it is now, it's just not working. Hmm. Agreed. Okay. Um, and we had another goal disallowed for offside, which was rightly disallowed. Um, I can't remember too much. Was it Smith Rowe was offside? Um, yeah, and then I think he got in. played in no. and then he kind of sliced a shot. And then who was at the back post to finish it? Mm. Pepper, no. Lacker or went across, Martinelli. Came back yeah. in and then uh, okay. in. hit their defender and went in, I think it was an own goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, I think that was, that was. It was a clear offside, right? Yeah. There was clear daylight there between uh, him and the defender. Yeah. Okay. So second half then, obviously they take the lead. Um, the penalty, we were talking about this a lot where we to say, um, Gabriel, to be fair, I've watched it back um, just before we started recording. Um, so me and Aaron, and we had a bit of a disagreement, didn't we, about Gabriel on this one. I felt like you, you were being a bit harsh on him because you were saying that um, he basically gives the attacker the kind of license or opportunity to go over even if there's not much contact but yeah like i said i've sort of seen it watched it again and i'm maybe agreeing with you a bit more like he does seem to step on his toe and also i kind of felt like it was the ball was there to be won and he sticks a leg out or sticks a foot out to kind of flick it away and he's literally just kind of nicked off his toe um but yeah i i feel like it is a bit clumsy I think that's what you were saying, was it, Aaron? It, it's not even that. It's more, oh, yeah, I guess, I think you're right. He should, you know, on a on a five-a-side pitch, right, if you're a defender, you go for that ball. And But I think the problem is, in this day and age, when you've got players who are willing to go to ground for basically nothing, which is what I think actually happened today, I'm not even sure that he got a touch on the, the attacker. Um you just have to be very, very careful and only go for it when you're 100% certain of getting the ball um, because it's just so easy to give away a penalty when you get it wrong or even if you don't make contact. Unless you 100% get the ball, you're just taking a huge risk and I'm not sure he needed to take the risk in that sense. Mm. It was a very reactive cut but, dangle. But I don't think it was a penalty, though. Let's let's be clear. I don't actually think he made contact. So regardless of if he was stupid or not to put the put his tackle in and put a foot in, I think he does he actually make I think contact. He catches. I think, I think he does. I think he just steps just on the tip of his foot, well, the tip of his toes, basically, or his toes. Like I think it's very, very, very soft, very yeah. soft. But obviously, he goes down and makes the most of it and all the rest yeah, of it. I guess they probably looked at it. Well, is it a dive if there's contact? I don't know. This is the thing. Oh, well, okay. Well, the sound of saying dive is in 
in the literal sense exaggerated that he's exactly yeah that's what i mean like, yeah he's, i mean if that, if that had been down the other end if that sack are going down would you think we would actually be getting a penalty for oh him? no like, i'm not criticizing we would have called it i'm not criticizing him for doing like yeah it, it, I, I completely agree it's, with it's you it's not a diver mate exaggerator yeah yeah I completely <laughs> agree with at the end of the day it's part of the game now we've got to accept yeah. it, right like you as a forward are going to try and exaggerate it to make sure it's given if you believe that it, you know it yeah. yeah whatever but but you know for me to a certain extent i think the referee should sort of look at that as well and kind of go mm. all right like i can be- i can barely see any contact mate like barely like it didn't actually stop you like do you know what i mean i think maybe some mm. i would like it yeah. if that logic is applied as well yeah I, th- I to be honest i thought the touch was there but i was more concerned about the the offside i thought it was an offside before that got that penalty <laughs> Because when they froze the screen, I, I didn't see it properly. It was but really I thought, tight. I thought there's a bit of the, the Fulham player being offside. It was in my. I think his hand was. His offside, hand was definitely was offside. Yeah, it, but that can't. His hand offside, was offside, but you can't score with your hand, right? Yeah. But oh, exactly. Right. They look at it from his shoulder. They look at it from his shoulder, and his well, shoulder. Maradona was did. So. Just about level, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's one of those, but I think like I can't. We can't really complain about Saka not being given the advantage, and then like. That for me wasn't offside. It was level, and in which case, mm. you should really give the advantage to the attacking player, like Saka should have been given earlier on. Because mm. what annoys me is how they. I don't want to bang on about this, and, and clearly it's hard to implement. But you need to look at the holistic situation. So again, with with this, it feels like the the offside was very very potentially marginal, right? In the in the Fulham goal, and it's very very hard to see if there's contact. In the whole holistic thing, I think the fair thing would have been to say no penalty. Mm. Like two fifty fifties, right? You've given yeah, yeah these fifty fifties, and you've given this a huge advantage. Then you've given them they have a penalty. Whereas us, they've looked at it and they've just got the whole holistic thing for me didn't deserve you know to be disallowed. Like, but then so this is what I think is a bit frustrating. I wish they just apply some kind of football logic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. For the penalty, I think especially. This season, I feel like refs are really happy to just give away penalties for almost the softest of tackles. And, you know, I'd love to ask the referee, because I don't actually think Craig Pawson, who was a referee today, I think, he, I don't think he gave it. I think it was the linesman that gave it. Um, oh, right, yeah. So Craig Pawson wasn't sure. Um, and the linesman, because he waited and he didn't really give it at the start, and then eventually he pointed to the spot. And so surely he has to be to clear ask, and obvious. Are you 100% sure that's a penalty? Say that again. But yeah, so I'll go back to your point then. If it wasn't given, then surely it has to be clear and obvious for it to be overruled. It, so, and if it wasn't clear and obvious, you get overruled. Then, yeah, so if he didn't give it, then so it makes sense to that, keep it. I think the light. So it's got to be clear and obvious for VAR to overturn it. Yeah. But in this instance, it was like the yeah, linesman. So the, yeah. Got the linesman is effectively the on field referee, what part of the refereeing team, right? So the referee gave it, and then VAR will look at it and say, is that clearly, did they make a clear and obvious error? And I don't think he did. You can't argue it's a clear and obvious error. Mm. But I would just say, the referee, are you 100% sure that that's a penalty? Mm. Um, because if you're not sure and you think, actually, I'll, I'll give it, and then if I'm wrong, VAR will overrule it. But then VAR are not going to overrule it because they're not going to be like, well, I'm not 100% sure you're wrong either. And then you get all these grey area penalties just given and changing games. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, they scored from it, Major, I think it was, and uh, we went one nil down. So that penalty, uh, so that penalty was the eighty uh, seventh penalty to be scored this season in the Premier League, which is the joint highest ever 
in the Premier League oh, era. Wow. And I think I don't think as you were saying yeah, before, right. it's definitely definitely a, a VAR impacted uh, stat there. Mm-hmm. Seems to be yeah, giving for everything nowadays. Yeah, and not yeah. for us. <laughs> and we still got a what number of games to go as well, so that number's going to go up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I mean, we, I mean, I don't think we really peppered them. Um, having gone down, there were a few chances. Martinelli had a shot saved straight at the keeper. Obviously, the Pepe header, uh, kind, kind of unlucky, I guess. You know, good save from the keeper again, um, and it was an. <laughs> unexpected hero I'll say hero but you know um, Eddie Nketiah who came on as a sub um, equalised you know in the right place at the right time it's quite funny actually because Matt Ryan was up for the corner wasn't he and uh, got the pre-assist I think it was or the pre-assist was <laughs> the pre-assist like you flicked it got on, the flick it? on yeah. I don't know who uh, had the yeah. shot who had the shot that was saved was it Sabayos no who was it I think it was Sabayos was it Sabayos yeah. Yeah. I, I can't remember uh, Aaron I've got one for you then mate if uh if uh, Ryan's hand was offside, considering he's a keeper and hand is his main tool, then would that have been offside? <laughs> yeah, because he's not got an apple. That you can... <laughs> 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 that was it. The look on, it, the look on his face like he came up with a really great point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was like, let no, me ask you. didn't think that one through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope that goes viral. Might, that might be the one that makes <laughs> us viral. <please. laughs> a million subscribers tomorrow. Rules, like, the <laughs> seem to be changing very little thing. That's why. <laughs> But do you get what you just said? Star ratings. Do you get what you just said? No, I said it was but... a joke. <laughs> that was, I was actually joking. <laughs> okay, sure. I was using the VAR okay. release. <laughs> <laughs> I had to stop for a second. I was like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I put a sarcasm uh, emoji. <laughs> um, I was going to say as well, I mean, yeah, in the right place at the right time. So a good goal from his perspective. It's the kind of goal that we we've seen him score before right um so fair play to eddie um i was i i think i mentioned this in another episode like they're celebrating like i mean if it's the winner in the last minute or last minute of injury time fair enough but we just equalized at home to fulham like having not been very good all game as well and uh it really it wound me up it wound me up that he celebrated i think he put his hand to his ear like you know, obviously, no fans, but it was like the thing. Yeah. Oh, was it the was it the phone thing? Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. I thought he was doing the hand to the ear, like yeah, because everyone's been giving him a bit of thing yeah. about him leaving and all that. I don't know. Maybe okay. <laughs> but then everyone, everyone joined in. They all celebrated. There was no. There's. I mean, it's what you said earlier, Nero. Right. No leaders. No one to say we might have another thirty seconds, sixty seconds to get the ball back and get it down the other end and try and get another chance of winning the game. Just wind, winds me up. Shows shows where we are at our level, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's so interesting you say that because. No, go on, Raj. No, I was going to no, say, I was saying, have some time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all right, let me go. All right, all I was, all yeah, I want to say is, we did actually have some time afterwards. They did like play a little bit longer, and I think we did put a ball in, and it was cleared out. So yeah, you're right. Mm. But so the the comparison I have is like, um, there was a game. I don't know if you remember last season. I think it was where we played Southampton at home, and it was one nil for ages. They got some scrappy. It might have even been a penalty like Danny Ings or something like that. And then in the 94th minute, we got an equaliser. It was Lacazette who scored. Um, and like basically half the ground had left because they were so pissed off. But um, even the ground, like Lacazette didn't celebrate. No one on the ground, like there's a few like few like cheers, half cheers because we scored at like, last kick of the game. But everyone clearly knew, like this is embarrassing, like scraping a home draw at Southampton, 1-1, played terribly. 
But today, it was like we'd won the World Cup or something. Like, <laughs> I just wonder if that's just a mentality shift and like, yeah, I know like we've got this whole, yeah, we're work in progress. But do you think Arteta is almost programmed the team that like we are now a mid-table team and actually a one-all draw is that is all right i hope not Wait, but remember I mean, when Klopp, uh, well, well, you know liverpool and Klopp celebrated uh, that was it that draw against was it west brom west brom, west west brom, brom. and then yeah. what they went on to do wonders so i wouldn't mind uh <laughs> following that model i mean to, i was just gonna answer you just to your question um aaron and i've i really 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 hope not like and i'd be very surprised if he's telling players like well, okay, let's say Thomas Party, for example. You know, surely Thomas Party is not going to be sitting there going, "Yeah, this is this is the you know this is the level I joined to be at." You know, like, I just can't. I can't. I, I, if, if I was Thomas Party, I'd be like to my agent, "Fucking get me back or get me somewhere else." Like, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be at Arsenal, tenth mm. place when his team are you know fighting for the title and in the Champions League every season. I mean, there was the other one as well, which yeah, was I mean, Daniel, I can... you remember the Daniel James one for United. Do you remember that one when he equalised um, last minute and then he just went up, to, I think it was at Old Trafford, he went out, went in front of the United fans, he celebrated with like a really kind of like, I am the mutts, nuts, the dog's bollocks, like, <laughs> like proper like this sort of celebration. And they had a few more minutes. I think it was Palace, it might have been Palace. And uh, literally, I think it was like Martial was like, goes mental at him, just grabs him, like, get back to the halfway line. We are, we have, the game is not done yet. Do you guys do you remember that? I don't remember that. Oh uh, like, yeah, yeah, it's funny. He get he got. Rinsed. I remember Absolutely. there was. But the thing is, but we didn't have those one, leaders. Like that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Right? To be like, we don't have like, someone to like. Yeah. Even if at all, even if probably Tierney is probably the only one who might do it. Mm. And he wasn't on the pitch today. Oh, true. He would have done it. Yeah. You'd know, hope Xhaka would do it. Like you know, he does come across as one of the leaders mm. in this team, I'm, and I think he is one of the leaders in this team. Um, but yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I was I was not impressed. Mm. I feel like I can understand Eddie doing it, right? Because he's young, probably hasn't scored that many league goals. So score the Emirates for him is quite a big deal, right? But someone should just get him and be like, all right, mate, calm down. We've got to go and win the game. Like, but everyone else was no, right. They're all celebrated. Yeah, they're yeah. all celebrated. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just, um, yeah. it's just not, not really what you want to see. And yeah, maybe, maybe if the fans had been in the stadium, there might have been a bit of a... Yeah. Like they would have, re- maybe they, they were happy, happy for they him. And then- maybe they were happy for him as well. You don't yeah, know. That. Like, oh mate, exa- I'm not having that. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. That no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm not saying that's. <laughs> I'm saying, yeah, yeah, I'm not defending him, but I'm saying yeah. back to that Liverpool like thing. It's like the yeah. togetherness, right? Even though you know we got a draw, the whole I think it's more this bigger story than the, the draw against West Brom is that we're together, we're fighting together. So even this one is like I don't know, maybe Eddie's got his first goal in a while. Let's let's show a United front. Let's all yeah, you know I don't know. I agree, I'm pretty though. sure at full time, at, at full time, I saw Sabayos celebrate at the full whistle. There were definitely <laughs> a few like raised fists and like hands in the air at full time. And like Sabayos normally goes to his knees, doesn't he? Yeah, he celebrates. Yeah, uh, he, goes to his he celebrates every yeah, yeah. Yeah. Probably yeah. celebrate a corner. But uh, well, he's probably happy that we didn't <laughs> lose another game in the Emirates, mate. That's probably what he is. Probably, but yeah. like I said, that's how low our standards have dropped. Um. The other thing I was going to mention is obviously yeah, we got the draw, so I guess still not a great result, but yeah, at least it wasn't a loss. Um, uh, but the other kind of in- thing that happened in the game was Lacazette got injured, didn't he? Um, yeah. And it looks like well, he made it very clear, didn't he? He did the that. I don't know if you guys can see that on Zoom. It might be a bit pixelated and blurry, and uh, you know, <laughs> no, yeah. so you might just see things like really dodgy. But um, yeah, <laughs> uh, it sounded like he pulled his hamstring, um, which. A couple of weeks, a few weeks at least, especially if it's a severe one, 
not ideal considering we don't have a uh, well, two senior strikers are now out. We don't know when Aubameyang's back and he was obviously in a nice little run of form, wasn't he? So it's going to yeah, be interesting to see how we cope. That's why it was very, so even more important that Eddie got that goal as well, just for his own confidence. Oh, mate. I mean, yeah, but surely he's not going to start Eddie in any kind of important game. So what, Martinelli then? Is it, I'm, I'm just asking. So Martinelli, the, I mean, hopefully Aubameyang's... If them two are out, if them two are out, oh, if, who's your option up front? Marcelli has to be has to be Marcelli. Mm. I agree. What yeah, is you going to do? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Unless the thing is, unless it's a case, if we're really confident, we can create lots of chances. Then yeah, okay. You know, Mason, what would you? But well, then Marcelli as well. Yeah, I would. I would. I was like, I agree. I agree with Mike. I think that I would play Martinelli up top. Mm. Um, but then his injury record isn't great. <laughs> if, he, if he hits into the zone, then we're doomed. <laughs> well, maybe he now doesn't start against Everton in a few days. And then and he's, for a while. Yeah. Because it looks like Lacazette's going to be out for a while. I mean, I'd be surprised. Mm. I think he said afterwards, Arteta, did he, that um, it's not good news or something like that? He said, yeah, it's yeah. not good news. Could be a week, could, could be two weeks, could be three weeks. Mm. Basically. Hopefully it's not a severe one. I, I, I would, sorry, Mice, I would play, I think Mice only is still lacking a lot of uh, match sharpness, match fitness. So, I personally would just, if he's going to be your main striker, depending on what happens with the other two, then I would get him on and get his minutes up as much as possible. Because even today, he was running around, he had a lot of energy, but you could sort of see that he was lacking that, that you know, that final, the final product. But he was still probably one of the liveliest. No, 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 no. Players, energy away. The energy was there. He was the most energetic. Player. But as in, no, like, even your sharp. When you mentioned his like sharp, you mean he's like sharpness, basically. Yeah, like, sharpness. But I mean, yeah. even that chance he kind of created for himself in the second half. Okay, he hits it straight at the keeper, but I think Aaron and you yeah. said he's never going to score from that angle. So I mean, it's still a decent shot. The keeper's going to save that, but you know, mm. like he's kind of getting himself into like he got himself into position where yeah he didn't finish in the first 30 seconds or whatever it was that Lacazette put him through but he was probably our most dangerous play he had the other chance that he probably should have left for Ceballos but you know he's hitting the target apart from the, the very first one and I don't know I feel like he's the kind of player that I, I don't think it's going to take him very much to kind of just be on it do you know what I mean like he's this very he, like he tries so hard which is not you know that's just a prereq anyway but he's constantly putting himself in the right position he always wants the ball he's always looking to take a shot and um you know i think i don't think it's going to be very long where if you play him regularly he's going to start really causing damage to teams he's just that good i think i think he's just that good but if you want to what i mean is like if you want to play him up front rather than playing him the first time up front against Villarreal i would test him out a couple more games just to get him used to that position yeah. before rather than bringing him in cold against Villarreal up front, and say you know you're playing up front now as our main striker especially if he's been playing but also up we play Everton what Friday it's like a mm. week before Villarreal so yeah, yeah. So it's your only game it's not like we need to rest players right before give him 60 minutes 70 minutes or something at least you, you need to play him that's what I'm saying well, I think up, what up we need I think whatever we need to do I think we almost need to do exactly what we did against you know in the Sheffield United and Prague thing I think whatever system we think we're going to play against Villarreal we need to do the same thing against yeah Especially the back five, yeah. I think. Whatever don't, it is. Don't mess that around. Mm. Exactly. I think whatever the system, and I think if we think that we want to play uh, Martinelli up front against Villarreal, I think he has to play up front against mm. Everton. Like, simple. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Agreed. Cool. Um, and, well, so 
I think obviously there's some, been some news that's come out today, um, separate to Arsenal. Well, not separate to Arsenal, but separate to the game. Sorry, around the um, Super League. Is that what is that, is that what it's being called? It's not the Conference League, is it? <laughs> um, the European Super League. The opposite, mate. So <laughs> Ars- Arsenal have signed up, as I was saying on WhatsApp, just so that they definitely don't have to play in the Conference League because that looks potentially possible <laughs> um, in the next few seasons. But yeah, I mean, I personally don't know a huge amount about this apart from like the information that's come out today. Um, and I know, or I understand that Gary Neville um, and Sky Sports were talking about it in quite a lot of detail, but it seems like it's this new 36-team yeah, European Super League and a few of the Premier League teams or the big boys in the Premier League have signed up. I think, was it aside from City? Is it City haven't? Or City so, have? I think it came out, it initially came out that City weren't, but it sounds like they have now. They have now. So it's basically the big, big six, including us and Tottenham. Why we're still called the big six, I don't know, but there you go. Um, and then none of the French or German clubs, but like the big Ooh. Atletico, Barca, Real, and then Inter, AC, Juve and Juve are there. Juve. Why not? Why not and German teams? But that might. Just, I, I wonder. Again, we don't know because. And this thing, I think we we should do a proper discussion on this at a later date because right now people are just piecing information together. There's been nothing mm. official that's actually come out, so it yeah. might actually be that German clubs and like and the French clubs are up for it as well. It's whatever. People are piecing this all together. Mm. Um, so I think it'll be really interesting as we find out more more stuff about it because allegedly there's an official announcement expected, right? Oh. Like, yeah, like that, is that, that's that's a really Today, interesting thing. Apparently, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, oh, nine thirty. Yeah, yeah, in half an hour. What? Oh, tonight? Oh, no way. Uh, on Sunday. Yeah, clubs are yet to come at a statement. This is like at nine thirty today. Should we do a live stream? <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just going to ask without. Oh, go on, go on, go on. Uh, no, go. no, no. So, like, basically, what what I've read, and I know like, speculation is the idea that the those big six clubs in the UK <coughs> plus whoever else in it would basically create an alternative to the Champions League. So, there's some speculation about that they would leave the Premier League. I don't think that's ever been discussed, but the idea is that it's basically a Champions League where you can't really get relegated. You you qualify every year, and there's a ton of money because it's backed by like loads of TV rights. Um, and for me, the reason it sucks is because basically, look, let's be real. We don't deserve to be playing in the top tier of European football. Mm. I think based on sporting merit, we are nowhere near, right? So the idea that we would get in being based on like some, some history of being a so-called big club over potentially teams like West Ham, Leicester, Everton, you know, whoever else who could qualify and should be there on merit for me, it's just a massive joke. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think again, it warrants a proper discussion because I, I do agree with you, mate. Like, and I think that it feels like unanimous in the football community. Everyone has almost come out and said mm. this is like a really bad idea. Like, it's a really stinking idea. It's just really unethical in lots of yeah. ways. But like, I can, I can understand from a business perspective why these, why a lot of these top clubs are arguing that. That, that even arguing it as a fair thing, I can kind of understand from a business perspective why they're saying those things because it's 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 around, they could argue, listen, we've taken ages to get to the stature that we are. We've taken ages to get to this level where we've got these global, a, a massive global following. And it's because of that global following that you get so much revenue in this tournament. And it's because of that global following, therefore, that revenue ends up being dissipated to lots of different clubs who aren't really responsible for generating that revenue when it comes down to it. I understand 
that from their perspective. I'm still, I don't agree with it. I'm not, I don't agree with the, uh, you know, with, with, for all the reasons that you said, Aaron, and like, uh, you know, I, I, I agree with that. But again, I imagine what this is more like is, do you remember when there were those, there was the, the other proposals that were a while ago about the Premier League re- reform? Do you remember that? And, yeah. and that project, big picture. Project, big oh, picture. What, game and, 39, yeah. And the, and the political messaging around that was more around, well, we don't like the current proposals. Let's leak out some alternative proposals. And then everyone was like, oh, no, no, like, it's cool. Let's not do it. But the fact is you've, you provide an alternative, there's food for thought, and then you try and actually challenge what the original is. So I imagine what's happening here is what these guys are doing is a bit of scare tactics. And it's a little bit of saying that, hey, look, UEFA, your proposals, we really don't like it. And here are some ideas and you know you know it might be end up being a case where UEFA don't go with all of them but there might be mm. some of them that they end up adopting and I think it just helps strengthen the position of these bigger clubs I'd be very surprised basically if it actually goes ahead yeah I don't think it can replace the um the Premier League though so I think the way or one of the formats I've seen is it's like a similar sort of they have like a league and they, but I think they only play like a certain amount of games like 10 games or 12 games so it definitely can't be like so that will obviously be like your European competition on top of your league. I can't; it won't replace your league otherwise. No, Arsenal have like twelve like, games it, in the whole year. You're right. I think they're not they're not proposing it to. They're proposing mm. it as an alternative European to the Champions League. Still be, but mm. the Premier League and UEFA and the governing bodies are basically saying, if you go and play in this Super League, you'll get kicked out of your domestic league. Yeah, why should it matter to the Premier League then? If 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 the teams are going away in European duty anyway, whether it's the current. Say to because form out the new Premier why does it affect why do, why do they care? It affects the competitiveness of the Premier League. Sorry, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah, the yeah, yeah, competitiveness yeah. of the Premier League. Win. What yeah. they should do is say because they should then have a relegation promote like the best six qualify. That's what I don't mind the idea of the yeah, Super well, League, but it should be the champ, best. That's the Champions League, then, isn't it? Like no, but more from the yeah, bigger clubs. I mean, no, 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 no. Right now, it's only four from the Premiership, few from the league, and you got all these other smaller nations, right? Mm-hmm. I think the idea is to just have it from six teams from the bigger nations qualifying into it well but then they so rather than having you know having have six teams from the big four or five leagues pretty much as well uh, okay. i think that's what their idea is as well isn't it so there's only big teams in it rather than smaller teams from other countries but yeah it shouldn't be fixed with arsenal it should be best six that perform in the league should qualify each year uh, that, that, but, that, but I guess the thing is that goes against the argument that those clubs are using for the Super League because those are, clubs are are saying we, us clubs, specifically us clubs, mm. generate the revenue because we have the biggest fan bases. Yeah. That's basically what they're saying. So okay. I, 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 agree, uh, with, I yeah, agree with your idea. Yeah, yeah. I think your idea is actually a good one. But I imagine that these guys would probably go, nah, that's not serving our purpose. Mm. I think it's like, like you touched on, which is a good point. I didn't really think about it. But if, in terms of if they're talking about like teams like Arsenal, we've helped grow. We've been in it for what, like nineteen years or twenty years in a row. So we helped. Own. We helped grow the tournament to where it is now. That's their same own. with the six. Which, yeah, that's I what they're saying. Agreed. Fair. Yeah, really interesting stuff, isn't it? So yeah, maybe we do do a separate discussion on on that at some point soon. Um, yeah. But uh, all right, guys. Well, yeah, no, another really interesting chat. Nice one. Uh, we will see you guys before the Everton game, which comes up a bit earlier than expected, a Friday night game. Um, so keep your eyes out for that episode released this week. And otherwise, good evening. Cheers, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
<laughs> See you later, boys. Right, nice yeah. one. All right. See you. Bye. Bye.